What's up, y'all? I'm Amber, a.k.a. Ambie, and this is Ambiguity with Ambie, an interview podcast where we speak to guests about what it was like for them to encounter countless spaces and moments of uncertainty and ambiguity. And through that, we discover and learn from how they navigated it. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, y'all? And welcome to another episode of Ambiguity with Ambie, where we discuss what it's like to navigate life's uncertainties and ambiguous moments. I'm your host, Amber, a.k.a. Ambie. And today I am joined by an amazing, amazing, amazing woman of God, amazing sister, amazing daughter, like insert title here, Miss Catherine. How are you doing today? I'm Miss Amber. Yes, so I had the honor and privilege of knowing this amazing woman for a little over a year now. Can you yeah. believe it's been a year? I cannot. Oh my goodness. And it has just been so wonderful getting to see just like how amazing your heart is. Oh how um, much you care for others and just like how much of an awesome human being that you are. So for those listeners that haven't had the chance to recognize how awesome, and yes, I'm fixated on the word amazing, amazing you are, tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you, Amber. I could say the exact same thing about you. I appreciate it. I'm glad I'm blushing. <laughs> gonna make a black girl blush, as I say. Hey. <laughs> so, hello, everyone. My name is Catherine. I hail from the great city of Baltimore, Maryland. Hey. I've moved a little bit to and fro for schooling of all kinds, but I'm back in Beemore. And I am a social worker by trade, and I'm working as a therapist right now. I enjoy bubble tea and sunshine. That's a little bit about me. Yes, I love that. I love that. I don't think I knew the bubble tea, but I I love it. (laughs) Oh, me too. Me too. It is absolutely delicious. So thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself. We're going to dive a little deeper to find out more about you and some of your preferences and what I like to call our Fast Five round. Yay! I know I need to get like an intro, like... (laughs) Exactly. I need some kind of intro for the Fast Five round. But basically what this is, is I'm going to ask you a couple questions, some of them either or some of them general. Uh, so we can just learn a little bit more about you. So good. first question I have is you're out here, you're chilling, no work, you got some free time. Are you getting on YouTube or Netflix? YouTube. Oh, no. Okay. All the way. YouTube, YouTube. Okay, I can feel it. I feel it. I feel it. So while you're watching your YouTube, are you munching on chips or candy? Chips. I'm a savory girl. I'm a savory girl. Okay. Okay. So chips. I swear I like thought you were gonna go candy, but you are a savory girl. You and John Doritos. 
that those are my weakness. Yes, that, that's your go-to. That's what's up. So, you know, snacks are good sometimes, but some other times you 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 need a real meal. So if you could only order from one restaurant for the rest of your life, which restaurant would you choose? Why you gotta do that to me though? <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard question. I, I admit it. I don't know what I would answer, but that's why I get to ask them, right? Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. We'll put you in the hot seat. <laughs> um, man, you know, I want to say something that has like a lot of choices mm. so that, oh, that actually just helped me. I'm going to say Cheesecake Factory because how did I like, know you were going? 150 things. I was going to say Chick-fil-A, but I'm like, no. <laughs> well, Chick-fil-A, I, I could write with Chick-fil-A too. And Chick-fil-A in particular would be amazing for this next question. If you were on a road trip across the country, another hard one. You can only listen to one artist. Oh, who are you listening to? I listen to Lecrae. I hear that. I knew that. Lecrae, he has a lot, a lot of music out there. There's in here. a lot of pictures. So I could get a mix of everything. Yeah, he does have quite a bit in his catalog. And final question of Fast Five. Have you ever experienced ambiguity or uncertainty in your life? You know, I think the answer is how many times? <laughs> That's my answer. How many times? Oh my goodness, right? Isn't that the, isn't that the answer for everyone? Like, it's not just yes. It's just like, how would you like? Right, right. Which one? So that is actually my next question. Can you tell us about a time where you experienced that ambiguity or uncertainty? Yes, I can. I think everybody can agree that 2020 was a very difficult year for all sorts of reasons. Um, And I think for me, one point of uncertainty was navigating friendships during the whole social justice, Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And that was very difficult for me to navigate friendships with people who I had stark contrasts with. That was hard. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I um, relate to that on so many levels. But for me, the first time I had to navigate that space in, in a different way was, I believe it was when the Black Lives Matter movement was really at the forefront, I believe in 2016. Was it 2016? Yeah, I, 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 I think it was like 2016. If I'm wrong, please do feel free to comment and correct the year. But yeah, seeing it come back again and the way people had to navigate it again in 2020 was was really tough, especially having a space where some people were authentic in their in endorsement of it. Some people were hopping on the bandwagon and some people were still very anti. So what was it like for you having to navigate that space? Man, it was not a fun time. I think it was people that you know, people say you, the closest people to you are the ones that can hurt you the most. And I yeah. think that's a very true statement. I think, you know, just navigating friendships that you've had, that I have had for a while. Yeah. But never, that something as grand as this has not had 
Oh gosh, it was going to get cut up. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put my words together. But you're good. You're good. You're good. Take your time. It's the reality. Yes, it's the reality. This is a hard topic. It's a hard topic. And I think I, you know, it was easier for me to deal with people who were more ignorant in the true sense of the word of yeah. truly not knowing or not understanding. Yes. That was easier for me to kind of talk through, process with, have conversation. Not fun, so difficult, yeah. but that was easier for me. People who are willing to understand and discuss, even if they still didn't fully get it. Yeah, I think the part that was the most challenging for me was seeing friends and people directly opposing the movement mm. or purposefully speaking out against people and things and kind of being more willfully not knowing. <laughs> I won't call them ignorant, yeah. but just willfully refusing to hear another perspective, which was difficult for me. And I wasn't sure always how to engage, if to engage. And quite honestly, I didn't engage. I kind of watched work from afar for some and just kind of for right or wrong, like took notes and was like, I don't have the emotional capacity to battle you on this right now. I really don't. And for some of them, I literally did not speak for the entire 2020. No words were exchanged, but I think it was just like a mutual understanding of like, you're not reaching out to me. I'm not reaching out to you. Maybe this is a good thing. This is space for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, that and that can be really difficult, especially when we we engage with people that we truly begin to feel know us, see us, recognize us in our experience. Um, it can be really difficult when you're kind of forced to acknowledge the opposite. Yeah. Um, like you don't see me because if you, if you are, it's one thing to have questions, but if you are directly opposing this, it feels like you, you're directly opposing me. Like you don't see mm -hmm. me. You don't see my struggle. You don't see my identity. You don't see my family. You don't see my brother. You don't see, you don't see me and you're not hearing me. And I think that's, it's like, it kind of got to where like, I don't even know if I want you around my children when I have children because it's like, you don't see them either. <laughs> I'm like, are they safe? I don't know. Yeah. And so just like those like uncertain, like, and then questioning myself, like, is this too extreme? Am I thinking, overthinking this? And so it's, it's a tough, you know, and especially as a, like as a follower of Christ, like, yeah, we, I am called to a higher standard. So it's like, I am, I can't just rip off on people or say anything out of my mouth. Like I am called to a higher standard. So it's like navigating how do I still walk in my faith when things are really sticky. <laughs> that part, like, because I'll be honest with you, after the stuff that popped off in 2016 or in certain year here, I'm so sorry to people no more. Yeah. <laughs> 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 boy, bye. <laughs> okay. Like, I, no, but, and, and, and maybe, maybe this is a space where I need to grow. I can acknowledge that. But the reality of the situation is like both coming from similar faith backgrounds in this space, there were literally moments where people questioned my Christianity. Girl, <laughs> you are mocked as long you ain't. Like, a social justice warrior. Like, I mean, it, it, it was really, it was really interesting to be in this space of 
essentially intersectionality, right? Where you have so many components of yourself that intersect and now you have to navigate them in a space where you haven't really had to navigate it. You have to expend this energy in the spaces, these spaces so of their navigation. Right. And there and 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 there's also this space of disappointment, this space of sheltering. Even I'm gonna like even more so than just setting boundaries, but truly being on guard that kind of emerges from the things encountered yeah. as it relates to navigating, at least in, in my experience, and it sounds like similar to you, as it relates to navigating the concept of Black Lives Matter and the Black Lives Matter movement within the white evangelical church. I say it. I like I I yeah, you might have heard me pause because I I really I, I really um wasn't sure if I was going to actually say it. But having to navigate that space has been difficult for a lot of Christians that identify as people of color, in particular, from my experience and the people that I've talked to, Black people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love what you said about the intersectionality because it's just so, so many things from so many different sides. And it's like, it's even, it's really difficult when it's something that you feel like rooted in, like your faith and, you know, you're supposed to go there for hope and relief. And then it's like all these questions about all of the things swirling around now and questioning other people that you thought you thought were good and but maybe they are and it's just it's it's really tough and and I'm glad you said sheltering I think another part of ambiguity that I still struggle with is how how can I personally remain engaged and you know down for the cause and also stay sane like protect my own mental well-being <laughs> and so it's hard you know it's like I want to I want to be down, you know, I want to fight the power, you know, like, yeah, there has to be a balance. So I felt it then of like, you know, fighting the fight and having the conversations and going to the rallies or posting or whatever, however you fight your fight, doing a little bit of everything. But I realized like at some point, I'm glad you said the word shelter. It's like, at some point it's like, I have to protect myself. And like, this is not a fight that I can fight 24-7 every day of the week. Like, I, I, at some point, I got to, like, whoa, we got to tap in and out because I'm going to be no good. It's tough. Yeah. It, 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 I, I think the faith element also has just an additional layer. And one of the things that I found myself wondering is just kind of in the spaces that I was having to navigate during that season of my life. It's kind of like, what does racial reconciliation look like? And is it even something that could possibly be a thing based on what what it is that we profess to yeah. Yeah. You know, You think that racial reconciliation is something Whoa. that could truly occur? I, I think on this side of heaven, we will not be fully reconciled. But my prayer is that we will become more reconciled. And I think 
this sounds, it's, it's going to come from a full circle. It sounds kind of unhopeful, but I saw something that someone said that basically, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was basically like, how can we have racial reconciliation with races that were never together in the first place? Reconcile means to re, like there was already <laughs> togetherness. Yeah, but how can yeah. you reconcile something that was never together? And so recognizing that there has been a deep divide mm-hmm. and has there really ever been togetherness between races, in particular Black and brown people and non-Black and brown people, I'm sure a long time ago, before a very, very long time, it has not been that way. And so I think the first step is just, and as a Black person, I think, I I have to also do the hard work of making sure my heart isn't hard toward people, that my heart isn't, you know, thinking evil things or wishing evil on people. I have to do that hard work of making sure my heart and my intentions are in check. And so I think that there's work to do on both sides. And then, you know, having humility on both sides is so important and truly listening to understand and to learn. Um and to see the person for a person and not just like their perspective and point of view. So I pray, I pray that, and I believe, I do believe that we will become more together than we are now. But I think on this side of eternity, it's always going to be a struggle. But I, I pray and I think, I hope, I believe that the struggle will get better. Absolutely. I think we've even seen, I think we've even seen it get better between when Black Lives Matter first kind of the movement first really first came on the scene to what we saw in 2020. I think we have seen some movement. Mm -hmm. I do think that like, for example, I had the opportunity to be a part of, I can't even remember what it's called, but this amazing movement that was happening in Houston where they intentionally brought two churches that had two different predominant congregations. So one with a predominantly white congregation, one with a predominantly black congregation. And we intentionally came and sat um, and had a meal and talked about some of our stuff and created that safe space to ask some of the hard questions and really attempted to focus on, I love what you said, focus on seeing the person and not hearing the point of view and viewing them through the lens of that point of view. And it was, it was really great. But at the same time, it happened in a bubble. Yeah. And after that amazing thing happened in this bubble. Yeah. That, 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 well, exactly. That was it. It Where'd wasn't it like um, the bubble burst and now, and now everything is kind of coded with the, yeah. with the amazing conversations that were had. But I can say that for the people I spoke to, it seemed like the hearts on both sides were absolutely moved in, in this space. But one of the questions that I have for you, because it's definitely something that I had to reflect on when even considering entering into something like that, is how do you keep your heart from getting hard? Like you, you mentioned, you mentioned these things that would be necessary, but from, from your perspective, and I agree, let me be completely honest and say, I completely agree with the things that you mentioned. But but I guess my follow-up question is, from your perspective, how do you then keep your heart from 
being hard? How do you then go into these spaces and see the person and not the point of view? Yeah. Well, that's a good question, girl. <laughs> yeah. I, this is a cliche and, and deep answer, but seriously, like prayer, prayer, like in every moment of like, whoo, Lord, help me to see these people like you see them. Like, whoo. And I think also, I don't know, just realizing that I don't get it right all the time. And so mm. just because they are getting this wrong and something that I think is like huge to me, like yeah. life changing, like character yeah, changing, like this is deep for me. I also have deep issues and sin and problem that I can't turn a blind eye to either. And so mm. I think just realizing that like, I'm not a perfect person. I don't have it all together. Like there's stuff that people probably cringe at me for saying or doing. And so I think just, yeah, just trying to recognize that they're human and I'm a human. And man, I think, ooh, and I'm, I'm not perfect because I still, none of us are blatantly I'm just saying, if you are blatantly racist, I have a problem with you. And I have to work on my heart because I've got a problem. But if you are like just willing to at least come to the table, even if you disagree, but if we're both willing to come to the table, then I can respect that. And so I think just being willing to, and I think not assuming the worst about a person, and I'm still working Mm -hmm. on that, like not looking at somebody and assuming that they believe this or assuming yeah. that they believe this about me, but allowing the person to tell their own story and what they believe and how they come to believe that and not just assuming the worst about them. And so I'm still working through that. Absolutely, absolutely. I love all those points that you just made, especially the last one about not assuming the worst, uh, because everyone has a story to tell and sometimes it can be really difficult to hear the story and empathize Mm -hmm. when we don't even take the time to truly hear. Absolutely. And And that's where the relationships come in and being willing to be uncomfortable because none of this is comfortable. It's not a fun thing. And I think it's, you know, are we willing to be uncomfortable? Are we willing to maybe get get our feathers ruffled a little bit? Are we willing to, is it that important to us to put ourselves in, you know, just like as a black woman, just like we say to white people, put yourself in black spaces, like surround yourself with black people if you want to get to know them. And sometimes I think the same for me. It's like, I shouldn't generalize a whole group of people. Like maybe I should put myself in more nuanced communities. And like, maybe I won't assume the worst if I'm around you more and I can actually form a relationship with you. So it is interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is. And I, I think you have an amazing point about intentionally putting yourself out there in some spaces. But what what advice would you have to myself, a listener, any person on either side of whatever their belief is on this issue? What advice would you have for them about putting themselves out there? Especially if, like, for example, in my case, the times that I have, I have been significantly hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, what advice would you have for us that's like, okay, I, I can I I can get with that. Yeah. What does it actually look like or what advice would you actually have for us to engage in that? 
again with a good question. <laughs> and that's a good point that you bring up because it's not all cut dry. Mm. You know, it's there's not like a slap, like a band-aid that there's no yeah. there. Like you were saying, I've tried and I got burned. So now what? So many times. <laughs> now what? <laughs> and I'm still working through myself. The the first thing that popped into my head would be try, I guess, what's a step down? If if this is something that is something important to you or you think is you're able to engage in, like, okay, maybe not, maybe I can't do this. Like, maybe I can't extend myself. Maybe it's not healthy for me to extend myself to the point of like sitting down and having a conversation with somebody. But maybe me coming to the table would be me watching a YouTube video or maybe me coming to the table would be uh, reading a book by someone of the opposing view. Something maybe less stressful or less uh, where there's less potential for bad things to go down. <laughs> so, because I do think it's important. I think it's okay to protect yourself too. Like, yeah. I don't think we have to, and people can disagree with me. And I think there are people in all different start parts of the line. Like, I don't think you got to be out here, like being a martyr and like taking all this crap or I'm sorry, you got to protect yourself. And so I think there's a balance between, you know, extending ourselves and being gracious and being willing to do hard things and also recognizing like this is actually not helpful for me any longer and to the point where now like I can't even I can't even move freely in this world and I can't even give to others because I'm so depleted and hurt that now what I'm supposed to be doing how I'm supposed to be serving and loving and like giving back to life I can no longer accomplish my purposes because I'm so depleted from this and I think there's a line as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. This has been so good. Woo! Oh, this has been, this has been so good. It's such an important topic. Thank you for your willingness and vulnerability in terms of what you've been willing to share in this, just this conversation in general that we've been able to engage in. I truly do believe that there are some listeners on the other side of this that will absolutely benefit from what it is that has been shared. So for myself and those listeners that are facing ambiguity and uncertainty still, even within this space, do you have any final advice for us? Yes, I'm actually glad you said that because I wanted to interrupt you really quick. (laughs) (laughs) Just on on a lighter note, like most people really are doing the best that they can in life. Like, yes, you have those people who are set on, on either side, or who are set on being confrontational, who are set on being oppositional, who are set, quote unquote, set in their ways, who have no intention of growing or changing in any way. But maybe I'm an idealist, but I like to believe that most people genuinely are doing the best they can with what they have. And most people are genuinely trying in life to not be awful people. And so as you know, we navigate this ambiguous space of social justice and race relations and racial reconciliation, all these things. I just think it's important to remember that most people really are hoping the best for other people in general. They are. And don't watch too much news because it'll make you think everybody hates everybody and the world is burning down. But really, there are sweet old white ladies in the Walmart. There are sweet old black ladies in the Walmart. Like, there are still so many sweet people everywhere. And so just remember that in general, most people really 
do hope the best for others. Wow, that is good. What an amazing way to (laughs) close the show. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Catherine, can you please tell the people where they can find you if they want to continue the conversation? As long as it's good, it's good and open and honest and whatnot. How can the people find you? Yes, you can find me on Facebook. Still on there, Catherine Marshall. Or you can find me on Instagram at underscore KitKat. Yes, I'd say KitKat14. <laughs> I'm on the gram. Hit the little follow request. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for your willingness to engage in this conversation that can be uncomfortable and vulnerable but is also so needed. It is so appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. It's a tough it's a tough one. <laughs> it is. It is. So thank you, Catherine, for all of your amazing advice and words of wisdom. And thank you to each of the listeners that were able to tune in. And I just want to encourage you this week to remember that the vast majority of people are out here good and wishing you the best. As Catherine said, until next time, this is your girl, Ambie. And this has been another episode of Ambiguity with Ambie. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ambiguity with Ambie. I'm your host, Amber Latrice, and I hope you enjoyed our discussion about navigating the uncertain and ambiguous parts of life. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. And if you'd like to help support the podcast, please be sure to share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at I am Amber Latrice. Thanks again. And until we connect next time, I encourage you to embrace the uncertain and ambiguous moments of life. Talk to you next time on Ambiguity with Ambie.